Hello, everybody. My name's Rick McCutcheon. I'm a Microsoft Dynamics MVP, and I want to welcome you today to ClickLearn's Digital Adoption Talks. Thank you for joining us, and we find that it's a fascinating topic as we get more and more guests on. And we brought this uh, podcast together because there's now 300,000 professionals on LinkedIn who claim their digital adoption specialists. So um, today with my co-host, Joachim Schiermacher, the CEO of ClickLearn, we're going to welcome Janet Robb. Now, Janet is a former senior success manager for Microsoft and is now co-creator of the Tech Role Revolution podcast. Hello, Janet. Tell us who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm just going to before we really get into this, I've been described as annoyingly perky. So <laughs> I will try and tone it down a bit. So first of all, thank you very, very much for, for having me. I am surprised, Rick, at what you said about 300,000 people saying they're digital adoption specialists, because I spend a lot of time just talking to people that think uh, digital adoption is communications and training, and that is all it is. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. So thank you very much. So Janet, I was going looking at your LinkedIn profile. You have been a customer success manager. You've mm. been a change management and user adoption consultant, and you've been a dynamics adoption specialist. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your career and you know what brought you here today to this podcast? Well, first of all, everybody loves Rick, so that's why I'm here. That's the quick one. Um, I have been in dynamics since version three. I think you know that that was a that wasn't yesterday, and um, before that, I've always worked in IT from the age of by twenty two. I've been in IT and IT consultancy, you know, hard coding kind of stuff. But then one day, somebody came into the office and said, "Janet, you're going to a Firebrand training course in uh, version three Dynamics," and I went, "What? What's that?" And my life changed. I went and I did this intensive training course. Near killed me. And I came home and I suddenly appeared to be a genius because I could do the point and click. I could do the configuration. There was no middleman anymore. And I loved it. 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 And I loved how it helped customers really, really, really quickly. And I I have a, a big span of um, what I've been doing in Dynamics since version three. Um, the, the one that you called out, the Dynamics Adoption Specialist, Rick, that is, I, I always use this in my presentation. I worked for myself for three years. I didn't have a website. I didn't know how to make one. I didn't have a mobile phone. Um, I knew how to buy one, but I never bothered because people find me. People find me because their projects were failing and they always failed on adoption. That's all it was. So um, I spent three years working as an adoption specialist and I got to work with the coolest customers and I got to work in oh so many different areas. And the lovely thing is when you get to work in so many different areas, you get to pattern match and the next customer and the next customer and the next and it all becomes a bit easier. So I've um, I've had a long history in dynamics. I've been uh, I was an adoption and change management specialist for Microsoft. There was a hundred of us globally around the world. So I got to do that genuinely. I live and breathe change management. 
I just do not believe it's training and communications. It's a lot more in depth than that. And, and we're going to get into that. But Joachim, do you want to ask Janet anything about her past career? <laughs> no, I'm super. I'm super excited about finally having someone who's a dynamic adoption specialist because this is an area <laughs> that we've obviously been working on for quite a while. So mm-hmm. I, I was almost about to say that you're the specialist, uh, the one that is uh, left in the world. But but it's it's really good uh, to have you here, and I really look forward to our conversation today. I think we'll we'll have some interesting thoughts going back and forth. So Janet, after what you said, I'm going to jump to our third question, which is: Could you share some insights on achieving customer success in the business applications world? Because I want you to tell us what you feel digital adoption means. Oh wow. Okay, so adoption is, sorry, success is only when proficiency is hit, return on investment is hit, and adoption is hit. Those are the three things. So you might have the biggest, the most swankiest, the coolest piece of tech going, but if the people that the te- are using the tech don't have full utilization, aren't proficiency to the level that is required, and haven't adopted it, it doesn't matter what you've got because nobody's using it. And that means it all comes down to people. That's all it comes down to. And guess what? That's the bit that people forget about. Very rarely are the, I call them the impacted user groups because there's too many to count end users as individuals. So the impacted user groups are forgotten about and success factors are put at a corporate level and not at an individually lower level of the impacted group level. So there are so many times where I've wanted to go outside and scream because I've been sitting in a boardroom, I've been sitting in a steering meeting, never once have I seen success factors written down. I've never once seen benchmarking of KPIs to say, this is where we were, this is where we hope to get to, and oh, did we get there? Yes or no. So. For me, digital transformation is the tech works, folks. Dynamics is brilliant. Power Platform is brilliant. You might get the odd rogue coder who's made a mistake, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, it, it works. It works. I've seen it work so many times. I know it works. What doesn't work is the people. It's the people being included in the personal journey. The personal journey. What is going to turn Janet Robb on to using this system? What is going to get her desire factors up? Why? What will be her resistance to this system? And change is happening so quick. Oh my goodness, so quick. Change, 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 change. And therefore, so much change is happening. People are beginning not to pay attention. And the one key thing I'll say within digital transformation is people, sometimes people are really good and they have a change team. Woohoo, we have a change team. Nobody, and I mean nobody, listens to the change team. Nobody's, nobody cares. We only listen to two different types of people. We listen for personal messages and we listen to corporate messages. And we only listen to them if the right people give that message. So digital transformation is a lot more complicated than people realize. And therefore, it needs a bit more intensity. It needs a bit more respect. And it needs a little bit of spondulis, money, applied to it. 
perfectly said. Uh, Jochen, would you like to add anything? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's like uh, listening to me. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly what I'm preaching. No, I think uh, one of the interesting questions out there, because we've had a lot of guests on, on this uh, show, um, and you know, we always discuss what is what are the most important aspects of, of uh, user adoption, and and we get a lot of uh, you know angering angering uh, in management. You know, obviously we need to have the anger there. But rarely does someone say that it's a personal journey, which I really agree with. Now, the apathy that, that might hit people, is it's not going to hit on, on management level. It will hit the individual users, uh, the Debbies, the Johns, that are using the, uh, the uh, technology and trying to apply that. But where do you see that? So that's, that's uh, where I want to go. Where, where do you see that? What do you think is most important? If you could only choose one, you could anchor with management and have like the most motivated management team around you that said, this is like the most wonderful technology. We are all going to make this uh, come through. And then having motivated people that are working with the technology. So, sorry, just to clarify, you're asking me what I think is the most, if I had to pick one thing. Yeah, you, um, it's, the, it's the island test. The island test. If I had to pick one thing that would make adoption work, I would say understand the what's in it for me on each impacted group, because it doesn't matter what is in it for the the sponsor or the tech team. If we can find a reason, so when we change, we don't realize, but we actually make a decision to change. There's something inside us that spurs us on to go, oh, for me, uh, I'm going to go on a diet because my genes don't fit. That was my thing. Something told me that I need to go to the gym and get on a diet. If somebody told me, Janet, we're bringing this new system and it is going to take that report that drives you to drink on a Friday night away from you and you will never have to do it again. We promise, Janet. I'm going to go, oh, okay. That That's something that really bugs me. So... I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to help get that system involved. So if we take, so remember the thing that makes a, a project successful in IT is proficiency, utilization, and adoption. And those are the three things that are going to turn as an individual, I will bring to the game. And if I don't have to do that report and I can have a gin and tonic on a Friday night because I don't need to worry about it anymore, I'm going to pay attention. So it is about the one thing I would say is understanding the what's in it for me per impacted group. How much I'm, I'm really because that's really the, the buy-in process you probably have it's it's like a three minute thing right you have like three minutes to to convince the user otherwise they're going to turn that bozo bit which is basically you know whatever uh, we don't care right i think that's a microsoft ter uh, term right? you turn the bozo bit and you say <laughs> i don't care what you're saying anymore right it doesn't matter i'll ignore it and i'll go into my own apathy state and i'm not going to adopt anything you're saying from here on because, you, because and how much time do you think you have uh, to demonstrate that for, for a group of, of people? To be honest with you, if I, I think you genuinely have about 10 minutes, 10 minutes to turn somebody on to something. Why? Because change is happening too often and we're hearing about it too often. Right. The second thing is, guess what I've got to do? I've got to do a day job. Exactly. You want me to do my day job as well as go through this digital transformation yeah. and I'm already maxed out. Yeah. So you have 10 minutes to convince me. And the way you'll convince me is the way talking language I understand, using phrases that I understand, my pain points that I understand, and provide me a solution. Right. And say, Janet, you are doing five a day. This system will allow you to do 10 customer reports a day. And I'm going to go, really? 
that's fantastic. That means I can do, I have more time to do X, Y, and Z. And we find that we start to have a desire for these things. Don't give somebody a desire. Don't give somebody, if my genes didn't fit, I wouldn't be on a diet. There has to be something that turns you on. Let's let's assume that I actually convince you now, Janet, that you know you need to make this jump right in the ten minutes. Uh, you need to make because there's something in it for you, which is you know really basic. So now the next hurdle that's going to hit you that's around the proficiency, right? Can mm -hmm. I can I gain the proficiency in the solution? Did you, how do you how do you work with that? Oh, I, do you know what? I love that question. Proficiency is often ignored, so I describe this proficiency as. You know when you all passed your first driving test? Did you think you, what was it like driving on the motorway? We were all nearly wetting ourselves. We were all terrified because it was new and it was difficult. Now driving on the motorway, you're really, really quick. Proficiency comes with time. But when it comes to digital transformation journeys, for some reason, people just think you can go on a training course, you can look at a book. and. So I describe it as business applications is usually the engine of your car. You need it to run your business. So why are we giving people the driving lessons of our business and giving them one driving lesson, not even giving them a test, not even doing proficiency with them, not even you know going back and doing checks with them? Why, why do we give people the keys to our business without testing the proficiency? It is crackers, utter crackers. You, well you, said. Do <laughs> you think we are doing enough for the proficiency part? Because I'm obviously very engaged in that part. Um, and indeed, I think it. Ha I'm going to be honest. Sorry, I'm, I'm very, very naughty. I should have had this mic laptop plugged in, and I didn't. So I'm going to talk and plug my laptop in at the same time. Very, very sorry. Um, proficiency is forgotten about. And it is the one of the key things I've said a number of times now that proficiency equals you know, return on investment. It gets ignored. So, but the, one of the reasons it gets ignored is people don't know how to assess it. People don't know how to build systems to be able to assess it. A lot of people aren't giving the system enough time. They think it's going to be really, really expensive. So I feel if we can make it easier for a customer to assess somebody's proficiency, and give them guidance on how to do that, people will buy in more. That's and Janet, I have to agree with you on that point specifically. Uh, and where I want to take this conversation next is, I've got a lot of experience with this being a CRM MVP. And I was an independent <laughs> person, so I'd always get hauled in. Yep, keep going. I'd always <laughs> get hauled in um, to projects that were what I'll call down. People would say, you know, we, we invested all this money in CRM, and people are just not using the CRM. So I always started by getting in the boardroom with the executive team and saying, okay, who owns the project? And they would all spin their heads around trying to figure out who owns the project. And a lot of times it would be that IT director sitting there owns this project. And then I would say, okay, that's our starting point. When you walked in as a success manager into an organization that had what I call a down system, where did you start? The first thing is I would have run what's called a health check. Okay, and basically all a health check is giving people a safe environment 
to come and talk to me and tell me why they weren't using the system, what was the issue. And then I would document what that is. And I would document it at the personal journey of that impacted group. Because remember, I don't give a flying hoot about the tech. I give about the person using it. So I used to correlate all of this and keep put up statements, etc., etc. And I would play it back to the project team who would all be having a heart attack and calling what I was saying was rubbish. And you know what? It was never rubbish because nobody had ever taken the time to actually work out what success, what would help the personal journey to adopt this system. They had only concentrated on their area and didn't think about the fact that Janet is exhausted already. Janet is working at 110%. You're now asking Janet to adopt this system, but she knows this other system really well and she doesn't want to leave this other system. So now she's resentful. So I always started with a health check. I also, Rick, I laughed when you said the IT manager. I used to have a PowerPoint that started beware of the IT manager because they might be lovely people, but nobody knows them. You know, <laughs> nobody knows them. So and why is it important that they know them? Because we only listen to two different types of messages, personal messages and corporate messages from people you respect in those key areas. And when the IT manager stroke the change manager writes to you, you go delete. I don't know what your inbox is like, but there's quite a few thousand not opened in mine. Joachim, would you like to add anything? No, it, it, it makes completely sense. And I think that, you know, one of the journeys that we need to undertake now as we see that, you know, the amount of digital transformation that we're putting into users now, it, it's nowhere comparable to what we did 10, 15 years ago where we had like, you know, every 10th year we changed our major ERP system. That was like the biggest transition we did. And we could do that event-based. So we could basically take everyone out, fly them to Vegas and, and have a great time uh, training them on that system. And they knew that that's the only system I need to understand. Now we're int introducing 10, 15 changes annually uh, into everyone's lab. And we are expecting that the same methodology still apply somehow, right? That it's the, like the event-based training uh, method that we are going back on, right? And, and I, I don't understand that, why the, the training has been unable to, to uh, uh, at least uh, transform with the challenge that, that uh, we have ahead of us. So, so that's basically what we are working at uh, in our team, trying to see how can we, how can we make sure that those two meet and that, that they transform equally uh, well and that the burden that we put on employees, that that is you know, uh, somehow in, in the same amount of time that we used to. It shouldn't be more. Um, and so I think that this is uh, absolutely, I agree. Can I just add one thing there that you said, because I couldn't agree more. We're all singing in the choir here, all three of us. But there is a real thing, genuinely, people bat this word about, you know, people say change is hard. Yeah, yeah, we heard you, but nobody's listening. Um, so we, they'll use this, then they'll use other phrases like change fatigue. It's a real thing. It it's is. like long COVID. People didn't believe you you could get long COVID, and now everybody's talking about it. Change fatigue is real. We've got fed up with it. We've got, we just don't want to do it anymore. So we have to find a way to make it fun, enjoyable, and and make people want not to turn off. I agree. Okay, Janet. Thank you very much, and I want to kind of close things off by talking about Tech Roll Revolution podcast that you and Lucy Bourne has put together. Give us the story behind your show. 
Well, basically, the reason behind the show is just exactly what we were talking about. We were talking about why aren't people paying attention? So what happened was somebody was speaking to me. I am a big advocate for women in tech. I really am. And um, I was talking to somebody and somebody, yeah, Janet, we have to talk about the tech more. We need to talk about the tech more. And I went, oh, I'm not very good at tech anymore. Oh, oh. And I started to feel very, I don't, I couldn't describe the emotion. I felt that I couldn't compete in the world. I was too old and I wasn't technical enough to be a woman in tech. And I couldn't understand it. And I went for a walk and I was still in a bad mood when I got back. And I went on another walk. I was still in a bad mood. I went on a third walk and I suddenly realized what was wrong. I wasn't even valuing my role in tech. I do not code anymore. You would never want me to. I don't even point and click anymore. Again, I don't think you would want me to now. I've de-skilled myself. But I'll tell you what, I have value. But nobody sees me. The person I had been talking to about that should have, you know, no, I didn't even see value in me. I specialize in adoption. I specialize in success. I can buffer and understand technology enough to talk to the customer. I can make proficiency adoption and utilization come to life. But I'm only a change practitioner. And I suddenly went, hold on a minute. A change practitioner should have as much value as the system architect. But if I, in IT, and I am the female, and I am the person, and it doesn't matter if you're female or male, this is about roles, doesn't see the value, why the heck should the customer see the value? Why should the customer put the effort in? So Lucy and I were having a good old rant. We, Lucy is amazeballs, and we, we were ranting about it. And I said, well, why don't we do something about it? Why don't we... I've been shouting about it for so long, and people aren't listening. They're playing lip service to it. They're doing their comms and they're doing their training plans and they're ditching the training and they're not doing proficiency assessments. They're not doing any of this stuff. So you know what? I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to tell you that my value is amazing. My value will save you. The statistic from ProSci is if you put a change management adoption program together along with your digital transformation, you are six times more likely to succeed. Let's monetize that. And all of a sudden, you're going to pay for your change manager. You're going to pay for your success monitor. You're going to understand why I've run a three-day workshop on benchmarking and KPI. Why I've taken time to understand the needs of that personal journey. Why I'm torturing that sponsor to send that email and not me send it as the change manager. So I wasn't valuing myself. And people are not valuing because... We are still in the 1990s. We think, as you mentioned earlier, it's the big 10-year ERP project. It's not. We're 15 apps landing this year. 15. So I want people to start. We've talked about the tech revolution. Let's talk about the technology role revolution. So it came about me feeling sorry for myself, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad start. (laughs) Okay, Janet. I'm going to look forward to your next podcast. Jochen, would you have any closing remarks for today? It's been an absolute pleasure. That's my closing remark. And it's a mic drop from Janet. I don't need to say oh. anything here. It's perfect. And Janet, perfectly put. Janet, any closing remarks? Uh, do you know what? Even though sometimes we in the tech community, we talk to each other, it's so refreshing that the conversation has all been about adoption. It's all been about success. And we didn't talk about tech 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 as in keyboard keyboard point and click 
coding once. That was so refreshing. Thank you. All right. Perfect. Okay, Janet, Yoakum, thank you for your time today. And I'm sure, Janet, we're going to have you back on this oh, uh, show at uh, some point to enlighten us more about the world of digital adoption. Thanks for your time. Thank you. All right. Bye for now.